Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome. My name is Sarah Winters. I am the current president-elect of the AMA Omaha. Welcome to our newest AMP episode. Today we have brought to you one of our amazing sponsors, uh, Dave. He's the creative director and partner of 1123. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thanks. Good yeah. to be here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for being a sponsor of AMA. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Yeah. Um, today we're super excited because when we had originally talked to Dave, we had brought him on to talk about branding and rebranding. And it's such an important topic, especially for all of us marketers out there, um, creative agencies, in-house marketing departments of just really understanding the importance of branding and how it can impact the company, the client, um, your own personal branding. So Dave, what is the role first and foremost that you take on and what's your responsibilities at 1123? Yeah. So I'm a creative director at 1123. Um, and essentially for a lot of people that are listening, as the title suggests, um, I help when creative projects launch off. I'm there with the concept and sort of the big picture stuff. Um, and, and, you know, all the way through the execution. Um, I meet with creative clients for discovery presentations, regular correspondence. Um, and you know, I work with our team too internally to make sure everything's following that right, you know, brand message, brand appearance, um, all the way to completion. Um, also because of my background, um, I do a little bit of like hands-on involvement too with our team. Cause we're a smaller team. We're like a boutique agency. Um, we're a little powerhouse, but I get involved with animation, little audio mixing, little design. Um, it's kind of the way I came up in, in the advertising world anyway. That's amazing. So you talk about your background and your experience there. Um, I was reading your website, and I thought it was so cool hearing about you and uh, all your dreams and ambitions and what you're wanting to do. What originally were you planning on getting into with your background? Yeah, there was a couple <laughs> things. Um, I'm a little weird because when I was a young kid, I was probably like 10 and I knew what I wanted to do, I thought. <laughs> um, I wanted to go into animation, Disney animation. Um, and then as well, it was either that or I was going to be a pilot. So those are a weird pilot. combination. The pilot <laughs> thing was I was crazy about aviation, still am, but, um, I found out that these glasses on my face were a little bit of a factor. <laughs> so I couldn't go, you know, Mach nine with my hair on fire with glasses and a prescription. <laughs> so that changed into, okay, I'm going to follow the art thing. Cause yep. I'm good at that. And then I found out that animators generally, especially when they start out, they're drawing Donald Duck's feet for 12 hours a day. So that sort of morphed into, uh, I have an uncle who was actually in commercial photography for years and he's like, you should try commercial art. And so I went that way and that's how everything sort of, sort of shifted. And I got a, you know, with this, I get a little animation, yeah. I get a little audio and like, you know, it's a little bit of that, you know, fun creating a cool thing that moves, but it's a totally different industry. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your agency, how to get started? Uh, yeah, so we started in 2013. We're a little young compared to other places here. Um, but my partner and I, my partner Shana Boyd and I, um, she's my business partner and she's the media and accounts director at the agency. 
um, we did what I would consider one of the scariest things you could do as a human, which is start a business <laughs> and start a an advertising agency in the Midwest. Yes, absolutely, yes. Because around here, there seems to be a lot of them. But um, <laughs> we, you know, we had worked at other agencies. Um, we had been in some other support roles, um, learned the ropes, took our lumps, all that stuff. Um, and we just, you know, with the experience that we had, um, by the time we launched off in 13, I think I was... I had 14 years of experience at that point, and I think she was not too far behind me. Um, and, you know, we had kind of the the workings of the beginnings of the talent that it took to kind of run an agency from either side. We knew in each department, on each side of things like media and accounts and creative, what it took. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of skills, like I said, like as far as creative goes, to where we wouldn't have to outsource a bunch at first. Um, so that helps. Um, and then we had a couple of very... Very, I'm people I'm grateful for that invested in us to start. We had a couple of really cool investors that took a chance on us, and you know that was super valuable and and uh, it helped us get where we are now. Wow. Yeah. Um, what I think is really cool about you, you both, is that it sounds like you guys have the left and the right brain. Like you guys yeah. have the best of both worlds, and you brought it together. And totally. I'm sure you guys both kind of cover on each side, as all marketers have to have a little bit dipping into both the creative mm-hmm. and the strategy. Um, but absolutely, like the experience, the the creative side is so difficult to be able to tackle as a business owner and just kicking off. So the fact that yeah. you were able to bring that expertise and pair it up with hers, it seems like it's been working. Well, you know, we started with one one client, so yeah. that was nerve wracking. And then there's there's the juggle of like being a business owner and doing that, and absolutely. then also being good at what you do at your job. So yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. And I'm glad we got through those first couple of years because they were. You know, there's a lot of anxiety there. Absolutely. But now, you know, now we have we have nine people on staff and we're, you know, we're kicking ass. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Especially since 2013, you have nine employees yeah. and a dog. I saw a dog. We Yes, Part there is your- a dog. A lot of us have been working remotely since the pandemic. Yep. Um, but um, at the office, yeah, she was she was a staple. She still kind of is our mascot, Lana. I love it. Um, that's, my, that's my graphic designer's dog. So she's, yeah, she was my best buddy. Used to sit in a chair next to me when I would edit you know, and stuff like that. And there was, there was a lot of like, I needed to go walk the dog. I would go out and walk the dog and run around the building with yeah. her and then come back. So, you know, it was a little, nice little mental break too. So. Which is especially needed being brand new business owners, yeah. you know, starting an agency in the Midwest. Um, yeah. Just like what you said, those first couple of years was yeah. probably, uh, I love to use the word or the phrase organized chaos. Basically. Right. That's kind yeah. of how it felt. So probably mm-hmm. looking back at it, you know, you're probably feeling a big sense of, of pride and, and joy and fulfillment of everything that you guys have accomplished since launch. It was like trying to build a card house in a thunderstorm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so let's let's talk branding. Um, why is this so important for a company? Well, I mean, it's fairly simple, really, in my yeah. opinion. Like you, if if you branding touches like every every bit of what you do, even if you're not in the agency world or own a business. I mean, if you have worked for or buy from a brand you care about. Branding's there. Branding is why you're doing any of those things. Um, it's what your customers think about your product. It holds the ethos behind your business. If you have, you know, if you have a business, it's it's reputation, relationship, and resilience all in one big ball. Um, so um, it's it's you know it's there's belief that comes from good branding, and there's you know there's trust, and you build all that through branding. If you don't have that as a company, um, or you know, if you don't have that as a product. Um, where are you? I mean, you're nowhere. Yeah. So that's why. 
I feel like in the in my experience and in the past, which I'm sure you've probably come across this too, mm-hmm. um, branding, a lot of people, and I think that's part of some of the questions later we have down the road, but branding for some people just think, oh yeah, cool images. Like this is just your image, but there's so much more that comes into branding. So I'm sure when you're thinking branding or talking branding, a lot of other marketers feel the same way of how do they tell the stakeholders mm-hmm. the importance of branding? And that's just it. You just explained it. It's so much more than just yeah. here's your logo. It's, right. it's your identity. It's the company of identity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's funny that it's that simple. I mean, it's that simple to sort of for, have to, for me to explain because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. It's, it's foundational. Um, if you don't have good branding, if you're, not, if you're not messaging the right way and if you're not reinforcing it internally as a company, and we can talk about that too later yeah. on, like I think it goes all the way down to like sales staff and how yes. they portray your company yes. and, your, and your, um, uh, your environment, your culture. If, if, you don't, if you don't do that well, you got problems. Yes. So. Yes. Um, so you probably worked, I mean, you have, you've worked with a lot of other companies, a lot of clients, um, help them build their brand identity. What does the process of branding look like for a typical company, which I know can be very vast or yeah. different outlooks there, but what's a typical? Well, I mean, typical process, uh, there's four things that I have that, you know, I would say that you want to, you want to do. First is you want to identify. Um, I have, so the four things are identify, refine, research, and you know, then you develop your brand gut and everything. But like yep. identifying, you got to know who you are as a brand first before you can tell any, anybody else who you are. Um, establish that, you know, explore that. What, you know, what promises are you making externally to your customers about your product or your brand? You know, what are you doing internally about that too? Like how are, how are you portraying that uh, and why? What's your end goal um, and what's the relationship going to be between you and your customer? And is that something, sorry to jump in there, is that no, something fine. that you feel some companies don't really know quite yet and you have to walk them through the mm-hmm. process of understanding that? Oh, yeah. Everybody's at a different level when it comes to that. Some companies yeah. that, you know, we've worked with in branding or rebranding, it, it's they'll know all of it. They'll have tons of answers, maybe even too much information to where they've <laughs> sort of beat it, beat it like a dead horse. But like other places you have to go, okay, here's a question you have an answer. It looks mm-hmm. like there's a hole here. You know, and, and a lot of it, a lot of times everybody's kind of ready with the outward to the customer stuff. Yes. And we, especially Shane and I, when we were starting, when we were involved in companies, we got sort of in, inside the inner workings of a company and learned how they worked and saw their environment with their customers, but also their employees and just all that. That all helps because you learn about a culture and you learn kind of like what the ethos of the company is. Yes. Um, so that there's, there's so much more to it than that surface. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Know. Okay. So the next one you said was refined. Refined. Yes. Yeah. I mean, make sure you know who you aren't, um, <laughs> whittle this down to, you know, you, you need to involve excluding and pro, uh, philosophies and processes that don't align with your end goal at all. Um, cause that's, you're not going to be everything to everyone as a company. And if you think you are, you need to go back to one. Yep. And then figure that out. Absolutely. But yes. um, yeah, knowing who you aren't is just as important as knowing who you are as a brand. Yeah. Um, and then research, um, you know, find everything out you can about your audience, about your co- competition. Research is super key on the, on the front end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you want to know how people want to connect with you. And if you haven't answered that question again, you got to go back. <laughs> um, there's a lot of that that happens where it's like, oh, we want to be here, but we need to take a couple of steps back because we don't have these answers or there's holes in this process. Um, and so, yeah. And then that usually generates like personas. We work with companies to, um, when we get to this stage, 
we create like their their ideal audience, their ideal yes. audience members, or if there's segments, we do segments. Yes. And there's usually a lot of times we'll stick a name to it or something yes. like that. This yep. is this is Amy. She shops here. She likes these kind of things. This is Jeff. She's roughly he, this age. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So then that helps you put like a human element or like a persona to what your brand is doing. Yes. Like you're looking for these people, and that helps as well. Yes. And that's that's a key component to even be able to build this. Right. We have to understand. Right who your audience is, build those personas. That way we're speaking to them. Because that's getting in the mind of a true marketer, be able to create your branding. Exactly. Um, And the last piece you said was just developing. Well, then, then, you know, pen hits paper. And then (laughs) it's a matter of getting all that, all that stuff that's written down in the early, the first three, you know, steps we talked about. Um, And then it's, the visuals. Then it's the stuff most people think about as branding. <laughs> right. Where somebody will come to you and say, like, I want to rebrand. And they think you're just going to give them a logo yep. and, you know, like a, a color swatch set mm-hmm. and some fonts. And then you're good. You rebranded. Well, no, you didn't. And it, that's, that's, not, that's not it at all. But this is the last step. You put all this into action with those visuals. And so you've got the information and the visual vehicle for it or the, or the audio vehicle for it, whatever, um, to, to put it all into action. Yeah. And that brand guide, I mean, really, it's it's... It's a marketer's, you know, guiding light to be able to take that and understand your company, your business, and how you want to be portrayed to your audience. Um, And that tells you, you know, for those of you who don't really know know or understand brand guides that well, it really gives you the do's and don'ts of how, you know... The, the vanity metrics the or the vanity stuff of the logo, the colors, the fonts are how they should be used. So. Yeah, for folks that don't know, like yeah. it's super necessary, especially on my side of things. It's it's on the creative side. If you're if you're starting with a company or you're doing, even if you're like developing signage for a company or yes. a sign company, you want to ask that question and say like, hey, where's your brand guide at? Let me see that. Because you know what fonts you're not supposed to use. If it's, if it's a good guide, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the color swatches and all those things so you can match things up and you don't have to go back and forth with, oh, that's not our green or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff is super key and it makes the process later on for anything else visual or communication wise, like way smoother. Absolutely. Yeah. I always go back. Um, I remember some certain experiences that I've had on just telling stakeholders like the under the importance of branding. Right. And I remember going back and being like, what if I sing the song to you, which don't judge me on this, but like, da, 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 you know, something like that. Oh or gosh, you yeah. see the swoosh yep. or swish, swish, swish. I, would, I believe swish. the official term is swoosh. 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 Yes. Know. Yeah. You know, you see those things and just from. Just from adding in those extra elements of the audio or just the visual, you don't even have to draw and people understand it. That's branding. That's brand awareness. And that's essentially what you're trying to get to for every single thing when you're building that brand guide for clients, right? That that gets, that's so totally correct. And that gets me to one thing too that, I mean, maybe we'll get to this later or whatever, but like (laughs) I'm jumping around, but like like that makes me, that makes me want to say like, it's not instantaneous. You yes. just used McDonald's and Nike. Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's taken decades. <laughs> decades. For that stuff to be just sort of like household name or like a brand that everybody knows. I mean, mm-hmm. they started here. They started with, you know, all the stuff we just talked about, all the steps we just talked about. But it's taken them refining and establishing and sticking with it. Um, you know, maybe little changes. McDonald's has made some kind of some, <laughs> some mistakes maybe in the Maybe past. they're a bad example that I popped right. out there, but yes. Right. You know, um, so... Th- Beyond that, like, yeah, you have to, you have to stick with it because that's how those things become, you know, household names and and you become the brand that you want as a company. Correct. Yes. Consistency, streamlining. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like that. So we, we touched a little bit earlier on talking about rebranding and you mentioned like rebranding is not just here's a new color. Here's a new icon and a logo. Right. Explain to me and to the audience a little bit more about like 
when does rebranding actually come into play? Yeah, there's a few times when it does. I mean, um, when you assess the competitive landscape and you realize that like something's missing, like you're not keeping up, um, that that's that's a time when you need to probably look at, hey, do we need to Mm rebrand? You know, are we falling behind somewhere because a competitor just popped on the scene? They you know, in, in a general sense, they do the same thing we do, but they're doing this better and more efficiently. Yeah. And, you know, their brand promise is a little bit better than ours. And, you know, you do you go back and you do the research. You start to kind of do research and competitive analysis on yourself again. Or you have an agency like us who could do that for you. <laughs> um, and then the other time, that another time this would happen would be uh, when something disastrous happens um, that ties your product or your, your brand name to a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, I mean, that... that Bad PR happens all the time. Um, Absolutely. I yes. think, and I this is not one of the ones that I researched, like, this is more off the cuff, but I think Subway's whole thing, uh, the thing with Jared, mm-hmm. I think they had a little time period where they went back and refreshed, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're right. Um, and obviously, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, so there's that. There's the bad PR side yep. of this thing. Um, drastic changes to your industry or process. Um something's obsolete. You know, you do something or you have a process that nobody wants anymore or that they're doing different. That kind of ties to the first one. But, um, you know, you want to stay competitive and keep your brand promise actually current to what your audience wants. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's some of the biggest mistakes that you have commonly seen when companies are trying to rebrand themselves? Well, I mean, the first one is fairly obvious. And I mentioned yeah. it a couple times, it's like when somebody wants to rebrand and, and, and when they come to you and say, we want to rebrand um, and they say, well, don't touch any of these things over here. And it's like most of their, it's like most of their culture and their message and the whole thing. And it's like, just give us a new logo or would you, or would you not keep this or that about our company? Yeah, It's so much more than that. I mean, we're glad to do that stuff and that's fine. You know, we've, we've helped folks do that and navigated those things too, but it's just a piece of your branding. So that's one mistake is like thinking rebranding is just update our logo and our colors. Yep. Um, That's a refresh, not necessarily rebrand. There's a lot of psychology and, mm-hmm. you know, the back end that goes into full-on rebranding. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, not including the right people. Yep. Uh, we've seen that a lot. I've seen that through, you know, now I can say, no, oh, I feel old. Now I can say through decades <laughs> of working. Um, the, the We call it experience. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, seasoned. Yeah, seasoned. there we go. Yes, that yes. works. Yikes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like not including the key people. Like your marketing staff definitely yeah. are going to have the itch to do this and, and be more in tune to wanting to do this. Um, but your C-suite people, um, they have to be involved, especially if they're really keyed in, which they should be on, you know, what we're, you know, what are we as a brand doing every day for our customers and how do we want that to keep going? Uh, what are we doing internally to keep that culture going inside of our company? If they're not involved with like, yeah, we do need to do this, mm-hmm. um, which uh, unbelievably I've seen, then the marketing staff and the agency are going to beat their heads against a wall because the C-suite people are constantly going to be trying to pull them back to where they were instead of where they need to be going. Yes. Um, so that's, you know, that's a mistake I've seen is like not including the right people. Yeah. Um, forcing something you're not as a brand, you know, just because you want to. Yeah. Um, there's, there's things that sound good or, or you know, just, you know, really juicy low-hanging fruit that you could go <laughs> to because some other brand is doing it. Yeah. Um, uh, Applebee's comes to mind and, and this I is just it. literally an opinion of mine. And if somebody on here likes Applebee's, it's listening. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. It's all subjective. I could. Yeah. Yeah. You it's could, great. Uh, come yeah. over. I, you know, I'll, I'll t- teach, teach you about food, but like <laughs> Applebee's tried to say that like they used a country song that referenced them, like that they were, that they were, uh, um, 
I, I'm forgetting the word now, but it's it's that they were like upscale. Oh. That they were fancy. Oh. Like fancy like Applebee's or something like that was, oh, in, the, sure. was in the song. And I'm like, no. No. This that's not true. It's so, in a country song, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. And I don't know who I don't <laughs> know who right. sings it. But um but yeah, forcing something you're not like yes. that. Don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you know who you are. Um being too close to the subject, that can happen. Yes. Um a lot of times with internal staff or the executives, um, you got to be willing to get an outside opinion like an agency or a, a branding specialist to look at your organization, your brand, your product, and be like, okay, here's a fresh perspective on this. Yes. Um, you have to be open to that because there's going to be some criticism. There's gonna, probably going to be some stuff in there that you go, oh, I didn't think that about us at all. Mm-hmm. This is, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you're asking this agency or this outside help yeah. to provide that perspective. You're not paying for them or asking right. them to come in and do this to tell you exactly what you want. There's clearly something underlying that needs to be changed. And that's why that fresh perspective coming in helps you identify that. Totally. Um, And the last thing would be sterilization. Um, Don't, don't try and don't try and be safe for the sake of being safe or the sake of reaching out to every single person, Mm -hmm. your customer, uh, unless I'm trying to think of who it would be your customer really for almost any brand is not everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you think everybody is your customer, you know, take a step back and, and go back and talk about, you know, look at those personas and, who you want to reach. Yeah. You may have a really wide, broad range of people that you're reaching in your audience mm-hmm. or your consumer base. It, it's still not everybody. Yeah. So you're not, it's the world isn't your customer base. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And if it is, whew. yeah. Yeah. That, good luck. That sounds, that sounds terrible. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know if I want to tackle that. No. Honestly. Uh-uh. So that's a big yeah. one. Right. Um, you mentioned this before, but um, I've had some people in the past just ask me like, who should be involved in this process? Um, I personally have had experience at several companies where, you know, we have sales that wants to be in there and it's like, that's great. But Mm -hmm. mm. so who, who do you typically prefer to have in those meetings with you? I, you know, I think C-suite folks and marketing people are key Mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's the foundation of the company or who's, who's in charge of steering the ship. Yes. And making sure that the, the, the message of the company, the, the brand promise is actually that they're good stewards of that. Yeah. Um, not that the salespeople wouldn't be, you right. know, I'm not hating on any salespeople, but like, we I love th- our sales. Yes. Right. Love them. But like, the thing is like, there's going to be little tiny things that I think salespeople key in on that are way down the road that you got to get knocked out after you, you've rebranded or refreshed. Yes. Um, Yeah. So I like that. Mm-hmm. So on a high level, without giving away too many of your guys' <laughs> secret sauces, right? Oh, no. I'm going to have to leave now. Right? Sorry. I'm oh, just kidding. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you secrets. I love I can't, it. Yeah, I secret can't. sauce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're just going to open Pandora's box and just yeah. tell everyone what you guys do. Um, how do you effectively communicate All right. uh, people when they're rebranded? I will keep this fairly general. But yes. like, you know, press releases, of course, you know, you keep up to date that way. The, yep. Your PR folks, that they're super key to that. Yes. Um. Uh, a fresh campaign message that ties to the rebrand um, and a new image and promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a, that's one way um, a, a new campaign that pushes the new branding. Um, I think also another misconception would be like, if, if there's a, if there's a branding, if there's a rebrand done or if branding is done from the outset, thinking that that in itself is a campaign, like you just roll it out and poof, there it all is. <laughs> No, you know, like make sure you have something set up to where you're doing a media buyer. You're knowing where you're going to place a lot of these things. You're not just going to start sticking logos and messages on things and people are going to be way confused. Right. Especially during a rebrand. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to give away a lot of trade secrets here for us, but like, totally get it. I will say that the <laughs> approach is different based on the scale and the reach of the brand and the way the product connects to the end user. Yeah. So. 
And do you think it's important to tell the audiences? Because I've seen I've seen rollouts before, and I mean, uh-huh. even as a consumer of experience, I'm like, whoa, that's different. That, right. That doesn't match up to what I know about this company. Right. And and I, I fall back on visual expl- explanations or yeah. visual references like The Gap years ago was one of them where like, what did that logo, that new logo existed for like a week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was that and a couple yeah. other things too. Like the, the Royal Mail rebranded as something, I think it was called Consignia in Britain. And I mean, didn't even sound the same way. It was harder to say, and it confused everybody. And yeah, it just sort of popped out. Yeah. And and everybody just reverted back to calling it the Royal Mail, and pretty soon they were just back to that. Back they to scrapped it. the whole thing. So, mm. never assume they're all just going to get it right. Right out of the gate, you, you can walk be, them through it. Yeah, you can be as a marketing staff and an agency, and as a, as a company, you can be really close to this and be like, "We believe in this." You know, here we go. We're launching this new thing, and you're all excited, but you haven't told the public enough, or you haven't, you know, made the little steps to educate the public on how you're shifting. Then it's, you know, it's not going to work. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, as a creative director, mm-hmm. um, and with all of your years of experience here, what do you focus on when you're walking the process or walking a company? through the process of finding their brand identity? Well, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about. Identify, refine, research, develop a brand guide. So, you know, don't be developing, don't be creating or trying to stick new logos on things or anything like that (laughs) until you've got all the messaging behind it. Lay the foundation of the message, the ethos, the customer base, who you're not. Get all that done first. So we do all those things. I like to do all those things first um, and fill those gaps so that, you know, it's so there's a foundation there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's What's your favorite part of brand development? What, what do you get? Like, what do you geek out about? Uh, my favorite part for me. I mean, I like th- uh, creating the uh, the creative side of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I love. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love data. I love audience mm-hmm. information and all that. That's necessary. And I, I obviously, I'm not throwing that out. <laughs> but I love getting the creative pieces done based on the message or you know, a color scheme based on a philosophy. Like there's a lot of psychological things there. And I love seeing those things connect. I love, yeah. you know, I love creating stuff for the sake of creating stuff sometimes just for fun, but like, you know, my personal life, but professionally seeing that get used and like that message go all the way through and be like, Hey, this is why this yellow is here or whatever, you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing is great. Seeing all that come to fruition um, and doing it well, super enjoyable for me. A lot of people um, don't quite understand, like, even the psychology behind the colors and the choices that you choose yeah. or the font that you choose. Mm. Um, it, it comes into play on whether you're trying to be bold, energetic, right. youthful, or if you're speaking to a certain audience, there's statistically speaking, yeah. there's certain colors that if your audience is primarily males, you want to gravitate towards these type of colors. And that's what you mm. kind of put into that in that creative process, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like, we're doing a couple of things on the nonprofit initiative side mm-hmm. for projects right now. Um, I won't name names, but like, you know, there are some color schemes for certain campaigns nationally Mm -hmm. or worldwide are so like for causes are so, are they're so attached Mm -hmm. that you can't get away from them now. Correct. Yep. That's actually really good branding Mm -hmm. because you know, if, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a a hunger thing or a domestic violence thing, like there's color schemes that are already out there for that. And if you deviate from that, the, you know, the public brain trust is going to be like, I don't get it. Right. It's a disconnect. Absolutely. Like, I don't like that, but I don't know why. Yeah. That's why. Absolutely. So um, It's even what, like, Facebook kind of reprogrammed all of us to where you want your CTA buttons to almost look similar to what Facebook buttons look like. Right. Like, yeah. that's, it's just a, the psychology of what people are used to seeing. 
Um, I mean, that goes down to, you know, UI, UX and designing all that fun aspect too. But yeah, absolutely. That all comes into play there for it. For sure. Um, What brand trends are you noticing right now? Um, Audience involvement's a big one. Um, Absolutely, yeah. We, we, you know, when social media actually bursted and became really well, you know, widespread and used, you know, almost 20 years ago now. Jesus, that long? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a part of our life now that no one can imagine not having. And that connected brands directly to their to their audience in a way that had never been done before. Well, that's being used really well now to get feedback almost instantaneously or to poll an audience about something. Um, I was watching the NCAA tournament um, and the Goldfish campaign. They have they had um, like a six note jingle, I think it is, mm-hmm. and they would play the song over and over. And and what's funny is so this is a really cool branding exercise or not branding exercise branding example. Yeah. The TV spot came on, you hear this like chimey jingle that's like six, six notes. And then you look at the screen and it gives you, it gives you words that they came up with. But then it says, come up with your own jingle to these notes. Mm-hmm. But during the entire spot where they're, where they're putting in suggestions, yeah. they're suggesting their brand jingle into your brain. Like, I think it was a 30 second spot and the jingle played like maybe eight times. Yeah. They, I mean, they got their jingle, like, they're pounding their jingle into people's heads, and people don't even it's realize genius. it. genius. Yeah, so that was pretty genius. But Do you want to sing the song for us? It's the jingle. It was like, da 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 Like, it was that. <laughs> I like it. And it would do it over and yeah. over and over. And so that, I, I, I went on Twitter and was watching, because they were like, go here and suggest, you know. Absolutely. And, of course, the response you get from social media, you know, mm-hmm. is going to be completely goofy and outlandish, and somebody's trying to one-up somebody else with, oh, the, yeah. with the weirdest phrase that goes with that, and... I won't repeat some of them ones I saw, but like that, that actually, that's part of the throwaway of this. Yeah. You got people to go to your page and reply. So yes. I'm sure, I'm sure their, their analytics on their social accounts like skyrocketed. Skyrocket for sure. So that was super smart. Um, another thing would be um, mascots and, mm-hmm. we, you know, mascots and spokespeople huge in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Influencers, um, all those. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Geico Gecko and, you know, all that stuff. And then influencers, like the non-paid talent too. So it's not just, you know, Lily and Flo and all them. <laughs> it's influencers being pulled in and saying, hey guys, you know, I know you follow me. I really love this product. You know, check this out. Yep. You get a little demo and some brand recognition and somebody you believe in believing in a product. Yeah. And so that's, that's been big. Um, and then, yeah, disruption. I mean, I, I know that's like a goofy buzzword for... You know, I love I disruption love it, personally, yeah. but like it's, it's uh, the goldfish thing is a little bit of that, you know, it's it, when, when years ago when we didn't have, you know, social media or when I was a kid, I, I don't recall somebody saying, let's bring all these, this whole audience to our ad agency and ask them all a bunch of questions. You, I mean, you'd have been, they'd have called you crazy. Yeah. But now it's just like, it's a, it's like, oh yeah, of course, let's talk to the audience. They're natural. right here. So, um, and that disruptive campaign I thought was really cool. So that's, that's something that's happening too lately. I love that. Um, when you talk about the goldfish and the engagement, that even brings me back to, you don't realize what the brand is doing until yeah. it's happening. Like, right. uh, I don't know if you guys remember when, uh, Doritos came out and they were allowing their audience to choose the flavor mm-hmm. of Doritos that came out. Like that was huge. And that lasted, that campaign lasted right. a couple of years. I felt like. Right. And then I think there was a spinoff. I think Lay's did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, am um, I thinking of... Well, it might have been Lay's. I don't no, know. I might um, be wrong on it. It was... Yeah, it was... There were some goofy flavors. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, I remember... Yeah, I remember seeing like, you know, like <laughs> chocolate and chocolate and jalapenos yeah. or whatever. And you're like, what? You just walk by in the store and stop and you're like, what is this? What? Why? I must try though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Um, so... 
trying to like pull this in just a little bit, yeah. uh, get, take this to a close. What, yeah. um, some final things, like what advice do you have to like the new and upcoming creatives who want to get into branding? You know, these are new graphic designers, they're, they're animators, yeah. but they want to be able to provide branding for companies. Um, do your jumping jacks and say your prayers and eat, eat your vitamins, <laughs> your branding vitamins. Eat I, your branding vitamins? Yeah, no, I mean, be a sponge. Yes. Uh, I, For me, what helped me for decades as a kid and coming up through school and everything was just sort of being a pop culture sponge. That's awesome, yeah. And a lot of people are that now anyway. It's, it's you know, it's more than, you know, reciting movie quotes and all that. You 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 consume media mm-hmm. all the time. We We consume media all the time. So wherever you look there's something visual and stimulating hitting you. And a lot of times that's a company and a brand. So, you know, pay attention to how they're doing it. You know, the next time you see a commercial of a product you like, or you're interested in kind of pay attention, think about the background of that and be like, okay, you know, how did they get here? Like, why are they saying this? You know, it's just, it doesn't just appear. There's a bunch, there's a team of people going, you know, this is why it's the snack that smiles back. Why is that? (laughs) You know? Um, So that, I mean, just, just do that. Um, you know, go study that process. Um, Check into what changes, like what a brand used to be versus what they are now. Um, That, that's a lot of, that starts a lot of questions in your mind. If you're, if you're interested in this stuff, which I'm assuming our our graphic designers and all our future creative people are like, look at that and study why, Um, you know, and then uh, (laughs) what I, what I usually say is like, it's, it's an old Godfather reference, but like, you know, if a brand's huge and made, made a big change, check the mattresses. Check the ad pubs, the trade pubs, the online blogs. Like, go back and see. You know, there's a lot of stuff archival on the net now. Like, when stuff, when stuff gets changed, go look and see uh, what was said about those things. Or, you know, search up new logo for Gap or new logo for whatever, new jingle for McDonald's or whatever it is. And you'll kind of see all the pluses and minuses in response about all that. And, and normally there's a little bit of background from an agency or an executive that explains why, Yeah, you know, you get a little insight that way. Yeah, That's one thing about advertising and branding people is like when something rolls out, that's when we're all interested in telling everybody everything, you know, <laughs> they ask that person that that person's ready with their message. They're yes. like, okay, we've, we've practiced this. Yes. Here we go. This is why. Yes. So you'll find out. I love that. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to add in and just tell our audience or our listeners about branding or rebranding? Yeah. I mean, um, I, and I, again, I, I feel like I repeat myself a little bit, like it's not a magic bullet. Yeah. Like this isn't instantaneous. Um, you've got a lot of, you got a lot of brands that spend millions of dollars um, with high level agencies to figure out, you know, that maybe they didn't need to do it at all. And, and as a brand and as a company, that's a risk you run to where, you have to look at it as this is an investment in finding out who we really are. And you may find out that you're actually still the brand you were before you started. So that's not money wasted. I mean, at the end of the day, the bean counters are going to tell you, yes, it is, but (laughs) you're actually verifying that we're still on the right track. Sometimes that's, that's what happens with branding. Um, You know, MasterCard found that out. Weight Watchers found that out. Like there's a lot of rebrands that happened. Kraft found that out and they went back to their logo and their message. Like they, they tried to stray, stray away and it was almost like it was an experiment. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is they were, they all seem to be ready to just flip it right back over. Just very quickly. So there's yeah. always like a chance that you're going to have to just flip it right back over and go, no, we were on track. We probably need, didn't, didn't need to do this long term, but it's a good exercise to find out. Absolutely. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I promise I'm not trying to waste anybody's money, but that could happen. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> Absolutely. It could. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, we are so honored and thank you just for taking the time out of your day, Dave, to join us on AMP. Um, AMA is so thankful that you guys are, 1123 is a sponsor of AMA. So um, if anyone out there listening and they need any branding, any extra services, definitely head out to their website. Um, What's even more cool that I found out today, they're not just Midwest only. So they, they expand out to many other states. They have such a big impact in our nation here. So um, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we'll catch everyone else next time on the next episode. All right, we'll see you. Bye. A Huda Media Production.